welcome to the latest podcast from the Recruitment and Employment Confederation. We're bringing you the latest updates and insights from the world of recruitment to help you navigate these challenging times. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the REC podcast, Talking Recruitment. My name is Neil Carberry. I'm the REC Chief Executive. And in these podcasts, we are looking at the different issues that recruitment business owners and directors are wrestling with as we make our way through the coronavirus crisis and hopefully now beginning to climb out to the other side. Lots going on at your REC this week. Uh, Do look out for the latest edition of our Jobs Outlook survey. That's out on the morning of the 23rd. 3rd of June. Outlook in terms of what employers are saying to us about their hiring plans. Uh, It must be said, of course, things are still pretty difficult, but uh, certainly sentiment-wise, Jobs Outlook suggesting a slightly more positive uh, month than last month. Still deep into negative territory, but hopefully we've seen the bottom and we're starting to see a turn. On on the advocacy side, REC working very hard on the list of key issues that uh, members have given us, particularly this week focusing on expanding SSP cover for agencies to make sure that we can get people into workplaces, get them working without the fear of things being held up by a standoff over SSP costs, uh, especially in light of the rollout of test, trace and isolate by the government. Uh, Hopeful that uh, we're getting our voice heard on that and working with a number of partners. And of course, we'll see later in the week, maybe on the 23rd, maybe on the 24th, the next stage in the government's planning, hopefully from the 4th of July, around how the lockdown eases in England and that easing starting to take place across all four jurisdictions in the UK, but at different paces. Do remember to check out what the REC is doing and saying in uh, Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland too, if that's uh, relevant for you. And we had a really good REC Kimry webinar earlier this week. Today, though, we're turning uh, to look at the issue of ownership structures, investment, finance, and I'm delighted to welcome from our friends KPMG, Neil McManus and Shashi Prasad, who are going to chat through this over the next 20 minutes or so with us. Uh, Welcome, uh, gentlemen, to the REC podcast. Hi, Neil. Hi, Neil. Thanks for having us. Yeah, just to help orientate people, Neil, you work mostly on the corporate finance side of uh, KPMG, and Shashi, you're uh, more of a tax specialist. And we'll walk through this, uh, probably start, we'll start talking a little bit about the corporate finance trends and what we're seeing out there at the moment but in the sector and around the sector. And then we'll work towards how you uh, do any transactions you're looking to do with high effectiveness as we go through the, uh, the podcast. So, Neil, why don't we start with you? Uh, as you sit back from the market as you see it now, what are the big trends you can see? It's a really interesting time in M&A at the moment, Neil, and that is across the spectrum, really. And what we see is that M&A deal volumes follow uh, the economy. Uh, when times are good, M&A deal volumes are, are higher. Uh, but when we fall into negative GDP territory, then we, we tend to find that volumes uh, decline. Uh, the other thing that inhibits deals is is uncertainty and in the current environment, you can imagine that there's a, a great deal of uncertainty. So uh, I think since the beginning of the lockdown period, uh, we've seen deal volumes decline uh, across across the board of all deal sizes. Uh, but I think a, a bit like the, the impact of COVID on the economy, which has hit some, some spectres of the economy, 
uh, more severely than others around uh, anything in discretionary consumer or, or certain elements of uh, of retail. Uh, the M and A uh, themes have followed a similar trend. Uh, so certain elements of our economy have proved more resilient uh, to to COVID than others, and I'm thinking pharma services, healthcare, uh, specifically technology. Uh, and what we're seeing is actually deals in those areas have held up reasonably well, uh, and we are completing a number of deals in those uh, those subsectors. So it is, on balance, deal volumes are obviously uh, significantly reduced, uh, but in certain sectors, we continue to see uh, good transactional volume. Uh, from a, a recruitment perspective, uh, I think it's fair to say that the, a lot of deals have been been put on hold while we look at what uncertainty has been caused by the crisis and how that impacts businesses serving different aspects of our economy. So let's dig into that a little bit, Neil, because traditionally uh, what you'd expect to see in a recession is asset values to fall. Uh, After that correction, those assets to become attractive to investors. You often get a little investment boom just at the beginning of uh, a recovery from a recession. Is that something that we're likely to see here, and uh, or is this uh, this one somehow different in some way? I think this one is slightly different in that a lot of the transactional volume we generally see at the the beginning of a, a recession, which is which is undoubtedly where we're headed, is in relation to businesses that are failing or in the processes of failing, uh, and obviously the government interventions has perhaps delayed some of the distressed M&A that we generally see at the beginning of a recession. So I think as you see the unwinding of the job retention scheme uh, later this year, you will begin to see a greater volume of transactions for businesses that have felt distressed during the crisis. If you think about that, that that has the potential to slow down any kind of, I, th- I think all of us have moved beyond the kind of immediate full V-shaped recovery but has a potential to to slow down the uh, the the path of the recovery unless firms can get access to the right sorts of capital and it might be different you may for instance have uh, businesses which are relatively more cash rich than they would be in an ordinary recession because of the uh, support schemes but for whom the market has just gone away are you likely do you think we're likely to see some different asks of finance. I mean, uh, a lot, often we talk in terms of M&A in this moment where uh, uh, groups like private equity are coming in to buy assets at the uh, bottom of the recession at the turn, or are we going to see more existing ownership structures looking for, uh, looking for new investment? I think you're going to see a, a combination of private equity uh, or financial sponsors looking at recruitment as an industry and also a a level of interest from big strategic trade players. I think the, the one thing that this environment is is doing is pivoting our economy into a, a different direction and accelerating existing trends. I think what you'll see from there is large strategic players having a look at their portfolio, their business and identifying gaps and weaknesses and then as we step out of the 
the COVID environment into the new reality, you will see these businesses using M and A as an as an opportunity to remedy their uh, their existing operations. I also think you'll see a an increasing prevalence of private equity in the in the recruitment market. One of the big challenges that private equity sponsors have have given to me over the past eighteen months is the challenge around the economic cycle. So the, the persistent uh, conversation has been around it being a difficult time to invest in recruitment because of a perception that we are at the, the top of an economic cycle. Uh, and we all know that recruitment as an industry suffers as the, uh, as the economy turns. I think what we are now seeing, and certainly I'm taking a lot of inbound calls in relation to it, is private equity now recognising that we are heading quickly towards the bottom of a cycle uh, and that recruitment generally takes us out of a recessionary cycle and performs better than the wider industry as we as we start to turn the corner. So I do think you'll see a combination of strategic trade and private equity entering the M&A market in recruitment. Well, there's a couple of things, Neil, that there that I think I've heard uh, anecdotally. One, of course, is the uh, is the uh, truism that we all say in the industry of first in, first out when it comes to economic corrections. But certainly there's been a, a significant amount of uh, conversation in the groups that I talk to about there being a, a much greater level of interest from PE in the sector in the last couple of months. So I think what you've said there really stacks up that uh, analysis. Private equity have a, an incredible amount of capital at their disposal at the moment. Uh, we, we, they've got record levels of, of dry powder. And if you look at the number of in, investments made over the last calendar year leading into the, the proposed Brexit, it's not sufficient for them to, to deploy the capital that they've got at their disposal. And I think we all envisage 2020 being a, a good year for private equity. Clearly, the environment's moved very quickly, uh, and we now no longer see the volume of opportunity coming into the, the pipeline. I think that will give private equity a real motivation to look at the, the sector again, especially given the, the more positive uh, future outlook, perhaps. Well, so if you're a, a recruitment firm here, that's going to be interesting to hear because you will, right now you'll be coming through a period of quite high stress. Uh, we're a cash flow heavy sector and therefore uh, something like what happened in March and then in, in, into April is uh, life-threatening without the kind of support that government, uh, the, the government offered in the CJRS in particular. Um, but that's given firms time to adapt. Yeah, um, we've talked a lot on previous episodes of this podcast about the importance of getting your runway right and your plan for recovery right. And a quick um, uh, advert here for the weekly REC webinars on building out of the recession, which are uh, launched every Thursday morning. Those businesses that have done that planning, many of them will be thinking about uh, some form of injection of uh, uh, of cash, whether that is an M and A activity, so looking at selling out or selling a significant stake of the the business, 
whether that's about coming through uh, coming through it and looking at uh, MBO, for instance, or other uh, other vehicle. Neil, before we ask Shashi for his view on this, what would your advice be to uh, the recruitment business director, uh, maybe an owner operator? Uh, who's in that position now thinking about, well, what what do I do next in terms of we know the government um, support is going to fall away. We know the market is starting to turn. I've probably done all I can to right size the business. Where's what what's the what should be the focus be for a business in that space thinking about the long term financing and ownership structure? So I think that the first stage in that is to have a plan uh, to have a a medium-term plan that looks at what the business needs to take it to the next stage of its its life cycle. Uh, so I'd be looking at developing a, a three-year plan uh, that is built around the strategic agenda of the business, looking at perhaps which geographies the business would like to, to get into, be they in the UK or internationally. We're seeing a lot of internationalization in the recruitment uh, space but also which sectors uh, the business wants to to perhaps pivot around. Uh, because I think what we will have seen over the, the COVID period is that some sectors have been much more badly impacted than others. So pivoting that business towards the, the new reality and which sectors they should be going for, and then developing a plan in terms of how do you get there and developing some granular detail around that in terms of, how many consultants do we need to do that? What's a cost base? What's the the base case plan and the upside, but also what's a downside plan and, and how do we protect the business through through future uncertainty? Because I think one of the one of the big risks on the agenda is this the so-called second wave and whether coronavirus takes hold in the UK again and, and how does the business protect through that? So in my mind, the first step is about developing the plan, because once you have the plan, you can seek the partner or the, the investment required to, to deliver that plan. I think that's absolutely spot on. And certainly we're seeing some of those trends. In fact, just before we uh, we got together to record this, I was helping an REC member get in touch with our sister federation in Mexico because they're doing some work, uh, work over there. And, and, you know, increasingly I see the REC's global network being used by members to think about how they grow and in a, in a much more structured, structured way. And that's clearly part of the planning process for a lot of businesses right now especially if you look at the uh the more uncertain outlook in in the uk at the moment than perhaps in some other jurisdictions Shashi, um neil's given us a really sort of clear top line there in terms of getting the plan in line and that there is investment cash out there for businesses with the right spot in the market and the right plan to get there whether that involves you know, handing the ownership bat on over or looking for other forms of in, uh, investment or co-investment. Um, in terms of enhancing and maximizing you know, how you get, how you do this and what you get from it, yeah. um, what advice would you have for uh, for recruitment businesses? Yeah, I think as Neil mentioned, uh, it's all about business owners preparing some time in advance. You need to have a well-prepared runway. You know, we typically recommend at least 12 months uh, because there are a number of tax things that are dependent on the 12-month window that is required. 
but we're seeing a, a significant amount of um, uh, input and uh, activity around M&A for recruitment businesses now, whether it be acquisitions or sales, a lot more MBOs are starting to come through our teams as a tax team because there needs to be structuring around MBOs. But very much it's about preparing for that road to exit. And there are two key areas that we tend to suggest to our clients that they focus on. And I'll take you through each of them. One is the structure and the other is risks and opportunities. In terms of structure, it's all around the structure of the business and the kind of structure from a shareholder perspective. Uh, from a business perspective, it's about having the right corporate structure in place, a structure which is fit for growth, a structure which allows, for instance, international expansion. Many recruiters go international. They don't realize sometimes when they've actually gone into a territory and they've created what we call a taxable presence. So just by you know being on the ground in a jurisdiction can be enough to create a taxable presence. You don't need to set something up. But also structure from a shareholder perspective, you know, how are our shareholders holding the shares in this business? Have they thought about things like entrepreneurs relief, you know, pre-lockdown and pre-COVID you know, COVID taking place in the UK at a significant pace, we had a budget. And one of the outcomes from that budget was entrepreneurs relief was reduced significantly. So what can business owners do in respect of entrepreneurs relief? We have a number of older uh, members uh, that are kind of business owners of recruitment businesses. A number of them tend to start to think more about business property relief, which is one of the inheritance tax reliefs. And how can they ensure that all of that value that they've created over the years is free from inheritance tax should something go wrong? And then the last part of shareholder structuring is incentivization of staff. I have a lot of recruitment businesses saying to me, we furloughed a lot of staff. We're worried that as things start to pick up, some of them might leave. The market for recruiters pre-COVID was already very competitive for top recruiters. How do you retrain, retain and attract staff? It's one of the key pieces of work that we're helping with at the moment. One of, one of the benefits of looking at that at the moment is recruitment businesses, just by, by their very nature, their values will be depressed and lower valuations tend to be a good time to put in place incentivization packages for staff because it's actually cheaper for the staff and cheaper for the business. So I would say from a structural perspective, it's business and shareholders. And then you need to look from a risk and opportunities perspective. Whatever the business will do in terms of the growth, there may be or likely to be some form of exit that takes place at a period of time. And during that exit process, there will be intense scrutiny that is undertaken from a financial and a tax due diligence perspective. And I do a number of tax due diligence exercises myself. And it's all about having the right tax governance framework in place for the business, which can withstand the kind of tax governance and the tax due diligence process that will go through the business. So a number of things that we're seeing businesses speak to us about at the moment is kind of assessing them either from a risk or an opportunities perspective. A lot of them have done things during COVID that were kind of you know reactionary, they had to do it. There were a lot of schemes that were in place with the JRS scheme, the VAT deferral scheme, et cetera. We are seeing pockets of businesses who have not necessarily done them the correct way that, correct way that they were supposed to be done. So we would say from a risk and opportunities perspective, it's always worthwhile at least 12 months prior to some form of formal exit that you take a look at what does the tax governance framework of the business actually look like because from a structural perspective and a risk and opportunities perspective it is a very easy way for business owners to start to deplete and reduce their shareholder value 
if they haven't looked to them in advance of a transaction. Thanks, Ashley. That's great. And thank you for uh, transporting me back to late February, early March with the mention of Entrepreneurs Relief, which was taking up a significant amount of uh, REC advocacy time uh, back then before, before all of this happened. Uh, but that piece around structure is really important. You know, at the moment, I'm talking a lot to um, uh, medium size and smaller uh, recruitment firms about the two who's uh, because your client's business is uh, changing very quickly. Who is your client as in how close to the center and how close to the line are, are you and do you understand the direction of travel that your client's taking? And the second who is who owns that relationship? One of the things that I've, I've seen recruiters struggle with over the last couple of months is um, maybe a member staff's been furloughed, but that member staff owns all of the relationship with uh, with the client. So how do you embed and spread that um, relationship so that it's sustainable and not uh, reliant on one person? I think that speaks to the same theme in terms of stability and putting structure behind your shareholder uh, structure structure behind your uh, approach to uh, financing and any exit plan you have, structure behind you know, securing the top line and, and really pivoting towards that service-based proposition, which we know is a lot more robust to, the, to, a, to a weak market than a more transaction-based uh, proposition. Um, thank you for all of that. And I think the big message I'm taking away from it is uh, recruitment business owners uh, and chief execs should be thinking a year down the line now about how the business moves forward in terms of kind of where with the search for uh, top line income, uh, as, as Neil pointed out, but also clearly productivity so that that top line falls as far as possible to the bottom line and enables you then to do the kind of structuring that you're you're talking about shashi um if you had one kind of burning piece of advice uh mm -hmm. shashi uh for for a listener to the pod yeah. um what what one big takeaway from this discussion would you want a recruitment business owner to have yeah, so I think for the business owner, it is all around being well prepared. You know, I've unfortunately been involved in a few deals uh, this year where tax has been picked up quite late in the deal and tax has been an actual deal breaker. Uh, a lot of recruitment businesses that we see go international at a very fast pace. And unfortunately, international tax in particular is a pretty scary place from a technical perspective. And I would say be well prepared and make sure you've considered all of the potential areas of tax leakage and shareholder value leakage that could take place way in advance of some form of formal process. And of course, that's particularly true if we think that and, you know, a lot of our nearest geographical neighbours, their uh, our trading status with them will change at the end of the year in one way or another. And watching that will be a critical part of, of getting that planning right as well. Uh, Neil, what about uh, yourself? If uh, for the recruitment business owner listening to the podcast, what would you what would your uh, 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 parting advice be? I agree fundamentally that the key is planning, uh, effective planning and preparation, uh, and that encompasses tax but also business operations and understanding the business and building the data sets that the business will be sold on so that is historical recording of kpis and understanding the trends behind those and what drive it understand what makes your business different and special 
And how do you prove that in the eyes of a buyer? So what KPIs have you got that you can stand behind that means that what you're telling a, a buyer about the strength of your business can be proven and demonstrated? And I think if you get that message right through the planning and through the, the pre-marketing phase, an early engagement with the buyer population will, will lead to a successful transaction. So I step back to planning, understanding and articulating your message with, with clear data. Well, Neil Shashi, thank you very much for joining us uh, on this episode of the podcast. Thanks, Neil. Thank you. Thanks, Neil. Take care. Shashi, if um, uh, listeners uh, want to learn more about the support that uh, KPMG can offer recruitment businesses, where should they look? Sure. Uh, you can go onto our, web- our website or alternatively, you can drop me an email at shashi, S-H-A-S-H-I dot prashad, P-R-A-S-H-A-D at kpmg.co.uk. And I'll make sure that the right part of the recruitment team here at KPMG can support you. Super. Thank you very much. And thank you both again for uh, joining us. And thank thank you to all of you for listening to this latest edition of the REC podcast, Talking Recruitment. If you've enjoyed this uh, episode, uh, plenty to take away around uh, planning and the the fact that there is investment capital out there if you uh, uh, put uh, put the structure of the business into the uh, into the right shape. If you've enjoyed all that, do uh, check out some of the other episodes that we that we've already launched on SoundCloud. Are also available through the REC website. Um, one or two that may be of interest: leadership in a time of crisis with Susan Clues of ACAS episode twenty four that we launched last week. Or if you fancy uh, digging further into that international theme that we explore that we explored in this episode try episode 21 with Denis Pinnell of the World Employment Confederation on how the industry is being affected and stepping up across the world but do join us again for another episode of Talking Recruitment and we'll look forward to talking to you Thank you for listening we hope you found this episode helpful Head to our COVID-19 hub on www.rec.uk.com forward slash COVID-19 for the latest guidance on managing your business during these unprecedented times.